I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Word Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Our next guest is a corporate pro with a long career in HR. She doesn't only come to the show with her own personal experiences as a Latina in corporate, but she co-hosts a podcast where she gives women of color rule-breaking principles to navigating corporate life. Here's Dr. Marari Simeon. Joy, thank you for having me here today. First and foremost, I am a woman of faith, born and raised in Puerto Rico, and I moved to New Jersey in high school. I am a wife a mother, an HR executive, and co-owner of Zera Consulting, a company that equips organizations, multicultural women, and their managers to cultivate thriving, inclusive cultures. And of course, I'm also the co-host of the What Rules podcast. Yes, very cool. Another podcaster in the building. Yay! Because <laughs> <laughs> you have your own you know, agency, your own business, you have to have had like crazy work experiences working in HR. And can you just just share some of them of what it's like working in HR, particularly as a woman of color? You know, as a multicultural leader with over 25 years of experience in HR, and I truly did start in high school. People always say that, but my first HR job was as an intern during my senior year. So there, that's a fun fact about me. (laughs) Did you know you like wanted to do that or did you kind of just like land in that spot? You know what? I had a teacher, Miss Jackie Bolden, who saw in me something that I did not see. And she was my first sponsor and said, this is what I see you doing. And honestly, she leveraged her position of power to get me that internship. And after that, it was all history. Oh my gosh. Well, shout out to Miss Jackie Bolden. Love it. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> but yeah, tell us about what, what it's been like. Yeah. You know, so over 25 years of HR experience across diverse industries, you know, I have been blessed with supportive mentors and what I would say unapologetic sponsors, just like Miss Jackie Bolden, who really helped advance my career. However, you know, to be honest with you, Joy, it wasn't always easy. I have been passed for promotions. And the reality is microaggressions are still present daily in corporate America today. And whether we like it or not, covering my identity sadly was real and is still necessary to advance in many organizational cultures today. Now, I can't emphasize enough 
the role sponsors played in my career advancement. As leaders, we all have decision-making power. And it was the sponsors who leveraged their position of power to ensure that a qualified Latina, me, mm -hmm. was not only sitting at the table, but being heard and respected at the table. They advocated for me because they knew all I needed was an opportunity to showcase my talents. And that has been my experience. Was it tough? Yes, but it was the sponsors who helped me advance, who opened those doors and who really advocated for me. They're one of the reasons I've been a successful executive. Wow. Okay. Where do you, where are people getting these sponsors? Is there like a Facebook group of people who are willing to put themselves on the line to advance capable women of color who otherwise wouldn't get the opportunity? Is that like the intro of the title of the, yeah. Like where are people getting these people? <laughs> I'm sure you heard of mentors, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sponsors. A lot of the times people confuse mentors and sponsors. Sponsors are the people in positions of power who know about the quality of work that you do, who've heard about the great things that you're doing in the business, but are not necessarily your mentors. They're not people that you tell the issues that you're going through. Mm -hmm. So the way that you go about finding sponsors is making sure that some way somehow you're connected to that power grid. And when I say connected to the power grid is how are those people in the decision-making table learning about your work? Many people only let their managers know or maybe their peers, but how are you being strategic to letting the people at the table making the decisions about your career know who you are. And a lot of the times, at least for me, in my experience, it was getting to know their admins. Let me tell you, as an executive, your admins play a critical role. And they typically would be the ones that I would be friends with. And they would get me on those sponsors calendars. They didn't even know half the time they were spon my sponsors, but they knew about my talent. Relationships is key. So being able to have those relationships so that people know the work that you're doing with just without having to sell yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. And the way that I work is if Joy sits at a table where she has power over my career, who are the people around her? that I need to get to know so that when Joy is looking for somebody to be an HR business partner, they could say, hey, have you heard of Dr. Merari, right? So that is how you find the sponsors. Now, there are many organizations who have assigned sponsors. They assign sponsors so that people could get to know, let's say somebody like me. But to me, I wouldn't just have one. I think my key to success is making sure that the more people of power that know the work that you do, the better. They don't have to be my friends. They just need to know. Oh, okay. So you have some multiple sponsors and you probably have sponsors within companies that you aren't even currently working for because you're like building. Yes. So the way that I would say is you need the sponsors in the current company because they would help you. But then you, to your point, you're forward thinking, you're being strategic about your future. So for example, my goal right now is to hopefully one day get on a corporate board. I'm working on building those sponsorships. And it's really allowing other people to know my work. What do I bring to the table? So that when a position opens up that would meet the talent that I have, that they can think of me. They're like, hey, I've heard of this woman. Mm -hmm. right. okay. <laughs> and this is how she can help. But sponsorship is key. I can tell you, Carla Harris says this, so I just want to quote her because she's phenomenal. You can have a good career with mentors, but you cannot advance your career without sponsors because it doesn't matter. Whenever you get hired for a job or you get promoted, somebody 
made the decision to sponsor you for that role. Oh my goodness. Okay. And without sponsors, you cannot advance your career, period. <laughs> wow, you're really putting us on game right now. Everybody needs to be taking notes. This is, this is great. Yes, yes. So you had you had sponsors that helped you get where you were, but in that fight to kind of climb the ladder and do the things you wanted to do and achieve your goals, like what were some things that happened? Do you have any stories you could share with us? Yes, I have lots of stories, but I want to share if it's okay, one where it will show something that happens a lot in corporate and how a sponsor came up and supported me. Oh, yes. Let's hear that. So I was the new HR business partner for a CFO of a $16 billion business at the time, probably more now. And I was the only multicultural woman on his leadership team. During one of my one-on-ones with the CFO, he asked me, he said, how can I help you? And this is something that I believe a lot of leaders ask and we're not ready to answer. So I would encourage our listeners that when somebody asks you that, know what you need from them. Because when a CFO, a C-suite person asks you how they can help you, please leverage that for a big win. (laughs) For me, what I said to him is when your team comes to you to present you a strategy, a change, Ask them, I need you to ask them, have you ran this by Merari? And if they didn't, what I need you to do is to ask them to work with me. And that was a game changer. And I'll tell you why. See, there was a lot of unconscious bias going on. They didn't know it. And as you and I both know, unconscious bias, those are things that I would say 95% of the people don't even know that they're doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because of a woman, I was a Latina. I can't say that those were the reasons. And I would never use them as an excuse But I know they were going around me Mm -hmm. and they were not giving me the opportunity to leverage, number one, my talent. And second, I had to think strategically because they could be my sponsors one day. But how can they even learn about my work if they're not giving me an opportunity? Right. This is what a great sponsor does. He did exactly what I asked him to do. And I can tell you that did two things for me. Number one, it allowed me to build deeper relationships with his direct reports. And number two, it allowed me to support the success of his direct reports, business objectives and the career and their own career objectives. And because of that, till this day, I can call them friends. That opportunity would have not been there if that CFO would have not said, how can I help you? And if I would have given him some other answer and just completely avoid it, leveraging his position of power. Oh, we got to stay ready. We have to stay ready. Yes. That really seems like it involves us checking in with ourselves regularly. Like if somebody asked me what I needed a year ago, it'd be very different than what I need today. So it's almost like kind of, you know, maybe setting something every 90 days, like reevaluating your goals or what you need to get to the next step. And making sure you always know what your immediate needs are. Absolutely. And if you know that you're having a conversation, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be in the C-suite. It could be with anybody. Mm -hmm. What can I give to them and what do I need from them? So for me, I know that I could give that CFO strategic HR advisor. I know that I could help him achieve his objectives. I know what I could give him, but what I needed from him was going to allow me to do a great job. Mm-hmm. So stay ready. I love that. I love right. that. <laughs> I feel like this is really hard for black and brown women in particular, because we're pushed into that like humble mentality of like, oh, I'm just so grateful to be here. You just continue to be you. That's all I need. Like that kind of BS. <laughs> Um, yes. 
you know, like that's what we have to say. We can't actually be assertive enough to be like, oh, it's so great that you ask. I actually need X, Y, and Z. And <laughs> we feel like we just have to be so happy with like anything that we've gotten so far. Absolutely. And this is where the mentors come in. Mm-hmm. Because what I would say, <laughs> like one of my mentors would tell me all the time, oh, and how did that work out for you? Right. right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. Yes, I'll go and ask, right? Because right. they're the catalyst. They can push you to that next level or even the coach. You know, one of the things that I truly believe in, I agree with you when it comes to humbleness, like we're just supposed to be thankful because many times we're the first ones to graduate college. We're mm-hmm. the first ones to even be in corporate America. So listen, I had no idea what even corporate America was. All I knew is when I saw the paycheck, I was like, oh, this, this is nice. You know? <laughs> But it's being able to have those mentors around you that will tell you, hey, you need to ask for this. And I'm not going to say it was easy or that it is easy because your confidence does get impacted by the people around you and the way that you feel about yourself. So mm-hmm. I've learned that being humble is part of being confident. People would think humble and being confident are two different things. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You can be humble and be absolutely confident. And that's just really knowing your worth at the Mm -hmm. end of the day and how you come across. I always tell people it is how you think. Look, at the end of the day, not everybody's going to recognize your worth. Do not let that someone be you. Because the minute that you do not recognize your worth, that is what you will give out. Mm -hmm. And you cannot ask other people to respect what you don't respect of yourself. Right. For me, it's taken a long time, but I agree with you. I come across so many multicultural women that um, they're like, yeah, but that doesn't seem humble. And forget multicultural women, your own family members. They'll be like, why are you always boasting? I am not boasting. I am trying. I am stating a fact. (laughs) Right. Right. And I am trying to be the role model and the light for other women. I am trying to be the woman that I did not see growing up. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I am trying to be that woman that is still needed in corporate America. Because while I have been blessed with sponsors, they have not been women of color because they were not in those positions. Not till just recently. So I am trying really hard to be that. And it's very difficult for some of our families from a cultural perspective to understand that because we've been taught this is what humble means. And um, we've been wrong. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the issues you've encountered from employees that come to you with their own issues through the company or, you know, different, I was about to say, like, drama. <laughs> sometimes it might be feel like, okay, yeah, this is like just drama. And sometimes it's like, oh, this maybe is legal or this is like really serious. Talk to me about some of the stuff people have brought to you and ask you to fix. Joy, how much time do we really have? <laughs> we will be available next week. <laughs> we need part two, three, four of this episode, but... <laughs> But all all jokes aside, I want to talk about two parts. One, there are managers and leaders that I work with, and I will tell you some of the best leaders, what they come with, right? So the best leaders that I work with, they always ask these questions. What type of training is available to advance my talent, the talent of my direct reports? Where can I find the talent? Because many of them don't know where to go and find diverse talent. And the other one is, what can I do to retain the talent? So I would say if you are a leader of people of color, these are some of the type of questions you should be asked. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How can you advance them? Because you're not just their manager. You're there to grow them. Mm-hmm. And where can I find them? One of the things that I always enjoy is when I have conversations with some of these organizations and they're like, we can't find any black or Latinos. And I'm like, what? What are you looking for? I'm like, okay, let me get you. I, I have a list of 10. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So where can I find them? Talk to the people that know, right? We know where you, I remember I was at uh, some meeting. You know, I said to them, I've never heard of your organization because you're not marketing to me. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you where you can find me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so anyway, Great managers, that's what you should be asking. Now, for the employees, they come to me with a variety of things, right? So one, sadly, many of them come to me when they're tired of everything that is taking place in their, in their work environment, mm-hmm. right? There are others that come to me first to seek guidance on how they can handle situations or look for development opportunities. So I would say there's a whole spectrum. There are some that come to me because they felt like victims of racism or all kinds of things. And there are others who, this is my favorite one, who see DEI as an opportunity for them to make a change in the world. Mm -hmm. And my answer is always the same. You do not need to be a DEI leader or to have a DEI title to do your best work. Because in fact, we need more women of color, people of color in business positions because DEI and business should not be separate. If we do things the right way and we're really building the talent, DEI is part of the DNA of the culture. So the more that we take people like you and me, and put us in DEI roles, the more we move away from an inclusive culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a whole bunch of examples and I could go into details. Like I had one woman, undergraduate, this organization that I used to work with, they used to recruit at this school for entry-level managers. Now, this particular woman was a woman of color and she was hired as a coordinator because they ran out of entry-level manager roles without line of sight to an entry-level manager position. And that's just like, we're not having that, right? Right. <laughs> so, you know, something like that or something as simple as I had another woman who came to me. She applied for a role and said that she could do it remote. She wasn't available to relocate at the time because she was caring for a young child and her parents. They told her no. But then two months later, they hired another woman that was not a woman of color 
and she didn't need to relocate. So things like that, that people would come to me with. So those are things that I typically would either work out with their HR team or with legal. And many times, and this is the sad part, Joy, the leaders didn't even realize it. Right. And I'm just like, two months ago, she applied. Oh my God. Right. At that time, they were making one decision and later on, they made another one. So these are the things that if we're not careful, we end up losing the trust of our top diverse talent. Yeah. And those are things I think people would just be like, oh, that was just, we overlooked it. It's a small thing. It was a clerical error. It's like, (laughs) but those things happen a lot. And like, you know, one or two clerical errors a month. And then you start adding up it, it starts to look intentional, like disorganization. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We don't need to be sharp about this. We don't need to think about this. We don't need to be strategic, especially when we're talking about like a fortune 500, you know, that feels like yeah we're, we're big you know what like we don't we're not about to chase people you know you start to get a little big in the head and so I feel like that's overlooked a lot it's like oh it wasn't intentional it was small but all of that adds up it adds up and let me tell you it is still a small world people know and people will talk about that hey this is what the organization did to me and I can tell you once as an organization or as a leader you get that reputation mm-hmm. you're going to miss out an opportunity from working with some of the best talent in the world yeah. because trust takes time to build and is very easy to lose so this is why it's so important for me to make sure that people of color are working in the business and not just in DEI. Because when you have more people like us working in the business, then you can tell your leader, hey, we're sitting at the table and we're talking about the same situation and be like, hey, don't forget, a month ago we said no to this other woman. Why don't we go and ask her and tell her, hey, there's been some change. We are now able to do this job remote. Is that something you're still interested in? Mm -hmm. And she may not be because her career may have changed, but at least you went back to her and asked her because now her story and the facts that she gives other people are going to be very different. Hey, at first they said, no, they changed their mind. They came and asked me. Yeah. Right. So it's something as simple as that, that sometimes we overlook, but can be so hurtful to our organizational culture. Yeah. Um, you co-host this podcast called What Rules, where you teach women to kind of outsmart the rules of corporate. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. The What Rules podcast. And we have dedicated the podcast to really helping multicultural women outsmart the game to advance their career. And we call it through rule breaking strategy. Now, what we do in this podcast is we showcase multicultural women, VP, SVP, C-suite, and what they talk about is through their life learned, lived stories is what they did to advance their career. So basically what our listeners take is the learnings and the actions they could take to advance their careers. When we first started it, we really wanted to have one place where multicultural women went and saw women that look like them. Mm-hmm. Now, in corporate America today, I believe still only 4% multicultural women in VP plus roles. That means there's only one here, one there, one over there, yeah. right? <laughs> so when you're in corporate America, you feel alone the higher you go 
in the corporate ladder. So for us, it was critical for women to see, no, there's more of us. We're out here and we're willing to help and we're willing to share our stories and we're willing to share what we did that worked for us so that if it works for you, it can help you. And that's really what we do at the What Rules podcast. I love it. I love it. Um, You recently did like a few episodes around the broken rung should I say theory? Can you kind of explain to the audience? <laughs> Is it a theory? It's like a fact. It's a fact. Yes. I don't know if everybody's heard of that. So there was a study done. It started eight years ago and they just released uh, earlier this year, the 2022 results by McKenzie and company. And the research is called Women in the Workplace by McKenzie. And for eight years in a row, What the study shows is that despite the gains for women in leadership positions, women are still being held back. And this is what they call the broken rung. So what the broken rung shows is that men continue to significantly outnumber women beginning at the first level. And what this does is, for example, and this is a fact, for every hundred men who are promoted from an entry-level role to a manager position, only 87 women are promoted and only 82 of those are women of color, right? Mm -hmm. So what this does is it automatically puts us at a disadvantage, Mm -hmm. right? And it just continues to get smaller and smaller from there. So for example, right now, I just mentioned there's only 4% VP women of color in corporate America. So as you can imagine, if we get passed on for the first promotion, how many times are we going to get passed on to the two, to the third, to the fourth? We already, we're already at a disadvantage. So that is really what the broken rung is. And what the reason why we filmed this episode is we filmed three of them, we recorded three of them, one for the employees on what they can do and one for the managers and one for the organization, because we truly believe that it is going to take every single one of our efforts together for corporate America, period to make a change and for us to really be able to break the broken rung. The other piece is if we fix the broken rung, that would add 1 million more women in uh, corporate America. So this is really what we wanted to talk about. As an executive in, in corporate America, I have learned and I've been privileged to have amazing sponsors, as I mentioned. So I know what it takes and what leaders can do. And my goal is to help leaders of multicultural women, men, doesn't matter, help them grow and advance that talent, help them leave a lasting legacy, help them be the change for tomorrow because managers play a critical role in advancing women, specifically multicultural women in corporate America. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's go through, can we go through each of those, like those three you know, what the three different groups can be doing. Number one for the employee, what I would say is seek mentors. This is your opportunity to seek mentors. The other one is seek allies. I say allies, but I would say sponsorship. It's never too late to find a sponsor. Do your homework. Be strategic. Who's at the people planning table making decisions about your career and figure out how they hear about your successes Mm -hmm. and then make sure that you're performing, right? That is without a doubt. Yeah. Make sure that you're performing so that that is not even a question. And then the other thing that I would say 
employees can do is offer solutions. Be a person that offers the solutions and not one that only brings issues. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody may be ready for your solutions. So be prepared to meet them where they are. I know it's exhausting. Yep. But if it's not us, then who? I would say for leaders, inspect what you expect, especially at the C-suite level. Inspect what you expect. Understand your culture. There was research done by Accenture and their report is called Getting to Equal. And their research found that while leaders think culture is important, most of them are not prioritizing it. As a matter of fact, only 21% identify culture as a top priority and only 23 have a set goal or target to improve their culture. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yes. So we all talk about culture is important. Culture is important. Okay. What's your plan? What's your strategy? So to me, it's critical for the C-suite, for senior VPs, for VPs to understand their culture, inspect what you expect. Because one thing that I've learned from being an executive is people only want to bring you the best stories and they're not going to want to give it to you real. So for me, it's always important as an executive still today, I would go out into the field and really hear the true stories of what's happening in the workplace. Second that leaders can do is check your bias. Ask yourself, why am I making this decision and base it on facts? The other piece is something you can do in your every day. Anyone, I would just say this to anybody as a leader, as a C-suite, as an employee, who is sitting at your table at home? Starts at home. Who's sitting at your table at home? I'll give you my example. If I'm only bringing Latino, Latino friends to my house, I am not learning anything or teaching my kids anything. Yeah. Right? Culture, absolutely. My culture is important. That's not going to go away. But who are the people sitting at your table? How are you being intentional about checking your bias? And the key word here is intentional because, for example, I'm a Latina. You heard about it. My kids' doctor, before they were born, I seeked out a black woman doctor. And she's still their doctor to today. Why? Because it's important to me for my children to know this, Mm -hmm. that they're coaches, they're diverse. I am so intentional about it that I will say no to many things because I want to inform their biases that (laughs) society will, I know, put on them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. And you already know what's going to happen. And so instead of like spending time pretending like it won't and living in that fantasy, it's like, let's just get ahead of it. Yes, absolutely. So, but and I say this because people are like, what does this have to do with the workplace? If you have that around you, trust me, look, what bias is, is just information that gets a shortcut to try to make a decision. If you only know about people of color on TV or what you hear in the news, you will continue to pass me over, even though I'm qualified. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say, check your bias and you could do this at home. And not just by reading books. Reading books is great. Get those relationships with people that are not like you. And then finally, get to know your talent. Not only the talent that your direct reports present to you, but also the ones that they do not, right? And make that decision for yourself. Uh, I'm not saying micromanage. All I'm saying is take your time. Ask questions. And then what can institutions do? This is critical. Institutions need to understand where the gaps are. And they need to do this by understanding their talent flow pain points. So for example, if I see that I have my promotions are at parity for women of color, women, men, but then at a certain level, they're not, that's a pain point. What's happening there? You can't tell me that she's not smart. 
You can't tell me that she can't do the job. So what's really happening? Understand those pain points and see if they're isolated in a specific business. When you understand those pain points, then you could create an actionable, measurable strategy to solve those issues. If you're only just putting a blanket strategy above all, it's not going to work. Yes, you can have a global strategy, but it needs to be locally able to be executed depending on their issues. And then finally, please, I'm begging you, take a look at your culture and what is the strategy? Get to know your strategy so that you can inspect it of building an inclusive and thriving culture. So that's what I would say we talk about in all those episodes. Yes. Okay. Everyone needs to go, go listen to those episodes because it's hard to summarize. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I encourage everyone to go check out the podcast, subscribe, and definitely go find those three episodes. So you get a better explanation of what these three groups need to be doing. This is so brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of these amazing points and really opening our eyes to probably some new things we hadn't thought about. Thank you for having me, Joy. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. If you've been liking all the episodes this season, make sure you rate the show on Apple Podcasts and go to our Instagram to connect with the Work Stories community. Take care. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 